0: Welcome to Lynn Cullen Live, talk radio without the static. Email your questions and comments
1: to lynn at pghcitypaper.com. And now your host, Lynn Cullen.
2: Hey, welcome, welcome, welcome to the program. It's uh, February 26th, which suggests February is on its last legs, and I say hooray to that. Um, And it's a Tuesday, which means my sister Susan is... uh, joining us from Southern California. Warm Southern California. Hi Susan.
0: Good morning. At least it's finally warm.
2: Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> the minute I left. You waited left, for you to leave. I know. The minute I left. It got so warm. I know. I'm glad for you. Um so uh jeez. Okay, Suze, we gotta just jump right in here. Um Did you? One of the nice things about being in uh, California in February is the Academy Awards start at five p.m. Did Did you? Yeah, that is like
0: that is like the chief. Um, yeah, right. uh, advantage. Know, good thing about being out here Advantage, that's the word I'm sorry, you know, it's, it's, it's 7 a.m. here So words don't come easily No,
2: basic words <laughs> disappear at any time of day These days But yeah, and I, I once was out there For the Academy Awards And I couldn't believe it I mean, you watch eating dinner It's just great And then you go to bed It's so much fun because Yeah, because it was
0: 8.30 and it was done
2: <laughs>
0: <No>. <laughs>
2: so, And um, I thought, you know,
0: I mean, it's funny because everybody sits there doing the same thing, wondering why the hell they're watching the show,
2: right?
0: which for the 50 gazillionth time is boring. And stars are not stars. I mean, we really uh, they aren't these, you know, rare things that one can't see every time one turns around anymore. Uh, none of it is, is has, carries any of the panache that it used to, and still, we all just tune in.
2: Well, I think it's like the Super Bowl. It's just, it's um, one of the which I also hate. I know, and this is the first year that I I don't actually even watch the watch commercials. It. Yeah, right. I didn't watch it this year. That was a first. But the Academy Awards, I don't know. I'm, a, you know, I like to go to movies, so I. I I end up watching for whatever reason. Anyway, I I talked about this a little bit yesterday, so I don't want to bore the audience. But I actually thought without a host, it moved quicker and.
0: Um... Yeah, no, I liked it better yeah. without a host right. because those were all mostly cringeable moments anyway. Oh, usually, yeah. Um, but and I I I noticed that you said something about Billy Porter. He absolutely stole the show. I love Christian Siriano. I, who was the designer of what he wore, was he the um, guy I mean, I was, that, that was
2: anything. on? Wait a minute, was he the guy on E who was uh, commenting on the red carpet? I think he was.
0: Christian Siriano was a teeny
2: little, dark yeah, teeny little man. Uh, guy, teeny little bespectacled guy, who yeah, young. who yeah, who obviously is on like Project Runway or something, right? He won Project Runway okay. way in the
0: right, beginning. Okay. not the first season.
2: And why do you but love I, him? But
0: I just want to tell you, I want to make I I once made our brother watch him uh, on the season that he was on Project Runway. I said I want you to see what this guy makes in three days. And Bill the whole time was going, Oh no, it takes longer than three days. Oh no, he didn't do that. Oh no. And at the end, he said, "My God, did you see what he did?" I can't. <laughs> okay.
2: So he's the one. He, who made, I mean, but that's it, he made Billy Porter's uh, tuxedo. dress. He designed dress. Billy Porter's tuxedo dress.
0: <laughs> but he's also the guy that dresses all the the bigger women, who okay. no one else wants to dress, uh-huh. and they all show up looking gorgeous looking every great. time. There's a regular shaped woman looking beautiful. Uh, I won't say every time. I'll say 95% of the time, Christian Siriano has dressed that woman. He He's not about non-existent shapes. He's about dressing the person that's standing in front of them and making them look exactly the way they want to look but better. Okay. And,
2: I mean— But Billy Porter, clearly, you know, he thought he looked good. I thought it looked silly myself, but, I mean, you know— it's these times and people can I do thought
0: when want. I looked at Billy Porter in that tuxedo dress, I saw a human being getting to look ex- the, exactly like their like he desire right. exactly. for for the first time in his life. And no different than anybody else looks when they go, Oh look I, I and that moment for him made me happy.
2: See, I'm a I'm I'm less charitable than you in this regard. And maybe it's cuz I know him a little bit, but I I just think he really loves attention.
0: Well, of course he does. Well, who, who are we to
2: speak? You mean everybody pretty much usually kind of likes attention? Not everybody. Yeah. Yeah, okay. So, yeah, he stole the show. Well, you mean
0: you mean those people that are aggressively reclusive, don't seek attention?
2: A, like what? You're saying the Unabomber actually wanted celebrity? Who's aggressive? Uh, of, of course he did. Who are you thinking about when you say people who are aggressive? I'm talking
1: about
0: any pe- people that hide themselves away, draw notice to themselves by having people worry about them, about why they're hiding themselves away. There's no way. I mean, you know, it's all in the service of one's ego somehow.
2: Well, that's funny because I was talking to a friend the other day, and she was saying that she has a friend and it who she likes very much but who just drives her crazy because she says she's just so, so, like, shy, and she talks like this, and you have to, if she's talking, you have to, like, lean in, and you've got to concentrate to hear her. And I said, she's passive-aggressive. I mean, she's creating a situation in which everybody has to, and, and the, woman I her talking, undivided yeah, the woman I was talking yes. to said, oh, my God, I never thought of that. And then I thought, yeah, it, I might be right, and I might be wrong. She might really just be shy. But it turns out she's a manager of a, of a business. And anyone who's a manager of a business ain't able to be sort of like shy and unable to
0: talk. Well, and I will tell you that as a, you know, as an erstwhile and very short-lived teacher, the quickest way to get the class's attention when they're noisy is to speak very softly.
2: Well, then how can they hear you speaking very softly?
0: Well, because they begin one-person notices and then pretty soon they're all leaning in. That's what
2: happens. Okay. So it, it... so appearing reticent and shy can actually be a way of getting attention. Um, all right, so now we decided. No, uh, or, we've or at decided, least
0: that's what i That's that's my current morning's bullshit.
2: Okay. Yeah. Well, I think yeah. We might. I just want to say uh, potential total bullshit or uh, you know warning. From, well, I
0: beat you to it.
2: No, from both of us. I mean, we're just you know. Because according to what we're We're saying... We're critically thinking, I'm going to say it again, you're going to call it bullshit,
0: I'm calling it critical thinking.
2: Okay, but I'm also thinking that if you take what we're saying to its ultimate end, what we're saying is every human being on Earth, despite how they comport themselves, is seeking attention. Of course. (laughs) No, I, I actually think there are people who really wanna fly totally under the radar. That's what I think.
0: Well, as someone that's sure. tried to do that in uh uh Palm Springs now for four years, let me tell you that works only so long. And I have been discovered out here by uh
2: people who know long yet, lost
0: but... uh, acquaintances. Okay. <laughs> that's what happens.
2: So um Well yeah. Okay, okay so go ahead. I, I want to go back to the um to the Oscars cuz one thing I didn't mention okay. um yesterday is I found it a really cringeworthy moment or I just was surprised by it and this has to do with the um Bradley Cooper Lady Gaga duet. Okay? Um, you thought she came out a little hot and heavy, did you? No, it, it, I mean obviously he's no singer, and um, and and having to perform live when <laughs> without a band behind him and stuff. Anyway, I, he's no singer. That wasn't it. It was the end when they finished sitting at the piano together and.
0: Looking lovingly into looking each
2: lovingly eyes. into each other's eyes, and then it's over. The audience is applauding madly. They do not acknowledge the audience for I somebody should go back and check the tape. But they continued just looking at each other. For, I'd say, I mean, and this would be in a very long time, even though it doesn't sound like it, maybe three, four seconds, her back was to the audience, his eyes are on her, the audience is cheering, and they have not turned. Now, Yeah,
0: they did do that.
2: I found that it did, I don't know. I mean, first of all... You aren't
0: the only one. His you wife is one. sitting. There. I
2: assume that woman he's with is his wife and his that little teeny no, thing with No, it's his not mother?
0: his wife, but it is the mother. His long His 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 his, his woman. uh Who okay, okay. is the mother of his year and a half old child? Oh, okay. Irina so, Sayak is her name, I think.
2: Okay. Um. So, I just thought it was.
0: No, it was. Um.
2: You know. Can
0: I what? say something to everybody out there? They're actors. What
2: they were mean? acting
0: the song,
2: and they—they they are not they having an affair. affair. They thought I'm not saying they're having an affair. I said, but that actually, the failure to acknowledge the audience more quickly on a live show, which is going—I thought was them. Um, okay, I hear what you're saying, but I—I I just. Frankly, I think they were in the moment.
0: I think it was a little weird. It was definitely heartfelt. I think they went right back into character I think um, I think that's what happened and and I think that they were I think they're very good friends. I think they were very excited and terrified because he's not a singer
2: God to no. sing
0: on that stage right, and as a duet unaccompanied With and, one of the and best he said
2: going right now, right
0: yeah right. Right, and what she said when they got off stage to each other, she turned to her and she says, "Was that okay?" And then she turned to him and she just said, "That was fucking great, what you did. I am so fucking proud of you." That's Wait, what Susan, she said when are they you got a mind off the reader? Stage.
2: I mean, you're a lip reader. You heard her say, "Fucking great." Fucking. No, I read twice. it.
0: I be I read it because I was interested in the moment too. So and so was everybody else that was reported.
2: Okay. All right, so that was just another thing I hadn't said. What was
0: also reported was Mel B., who was one of the um, Spice Girls. You know. Yeah, Mel, I know. B? I know. Mel, Mel B., who apparently is on Good Morning America yesterday morning, said exactly the same thing. She said, I was so uncomfortable knowing that, you know, with that moment, knowing that his – girlfriend and the mother of his baby is standing two feet away and they're making googly eyes at each other like you know she said I just thought it was inappropriate
1: really? and I
0: thought the same thing when I yeah that's exactly what she said on air
2: okay so says, then, I felt terrible okay well I had yeah her, I, okay I'm just okay I was made uncomfortable and then uncomfortable and then I took I took exception as as a somebody who was in the audience I mean somebody who was watching them and thinking, okay, you did it, hello, (laughs) hello, there's a few hundred million human beings watching, the show must go on, get out of yourselves. Well, the
0: the audience was not upset, and during the commercial, when they came back out to take their seats, they got a second standing ovation. All right, okay, all right, okay. (laughs) Um, I think they were acting. I think Gaga's, you know, a little emotionally upset. She's just lost another guy. Um so
2: What? I mean, she just oh, broke you like in, her, she her She just in real broke life. like her sixteenth engagement. Yeah. Oh yeah, I heard well and, I would imagine she'd be a little uh and then and then
0: you find yourself on the Academy Award stage singing a love song to Bradley Cooper. I could I could see losing myself in the moment, Lynn. That's all I'm saying <laughs> okay um, and I did think the best the actress that played Anne that I'm never gonna see, and I don't care, but I do think that um her speech uh her acceptance speech was, was one best. of the greatest yeah it
2: was wonderful. I just loved it well, because, and I don't know what it is about these British actresses and actors who invariably, when they win, get up on stage and deliver just wonderful thank yous. Uh, um, clever, heartfelt, genuine, and American actors have trouble doing it. The Brits almost always charm the hell out of you when they win. And it's not their accent. It's what they say, what they choose to say. And, it's uh, what they say. And like I was her in-
0: congratulating her... When she said, "If well, if you aren't watching, your, your kids, good for you. <laughs> you well, know, I but just this isn't ever no, going to happen she again.
2: Was, you didn't see the movie, The Favorite, which I did not like at all. That The best actress, the, this British actress who played uh, Queen Anne, um, was amazing in it. There's no doubt about that. I mean, the acting in it was amazing. All these women were amazing. Well, I just and the movie and, and was crap. More,
0: more, more movie. Trivia, but that that actress is the one that will now who is currently filming as Queen Elizabeth in the in her middle years for The Crown.
2: Oh, okay. For those who follow that,
0: which makes it uh, well, which it's wonderful. If you don't follow it, you should.
2: It's fun. Okay, and I just want to but say about the one. ongoing, uh, you know, hoo ha ha about uh, Green Book winning. Um, Green Book was not to me an Oscar. It should is not an Oscar Best Picture. I agree with that. I do think it was a nice movie, and all the you know the caterwauling about it, I think is is a little silly, frankly. Um, I, I I was reading more about it that you know the uh, the critics uh, blasting it for uh being for white people to look at and say well there isn't that wonderful you know somehow racism it, you know that it somehow diminishes uh, the experience of uh, of uh, black americans um and 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 in jim crow and and i didn't see it like that i no, saw but, it as no, a story Lynn, Lynn. of a friendship of friendship two disparate people coming together and it was lovely in that way and that's all i thought the ending of the movie was ridiculously contrived and i have not said that before i thought the ending was like a hollywood let's tie it up in an absurdity here um that i agree with but that's the kind of it was a feel-good Movie of which I, I want more.
0: Okay, and I understand that. But
2: did you see let it? Let
0: me just ask did you. Did you see it? I
2: haven't seen it. Well, no, then you I don't have any standing.
0: Planned, there. Wait a minute. I didn't see it. I and I plan to see it. I but I just want to ask you a question. When a story about a, the black experience is is up for a best award, a best uh, Oscar um written and produced and by a black man against a story about the black experience written and produced by a white guy and and the audience prefers the the white guy's story i think that tells a story
2: not necessarily not necessarily yeah The people who made uh, The the One That Won, uh, uh, Green Book, were um, uh, almost all white. Tis true. Although Olivia Spencer was uh, an executive producer. Um, Harry Belafonte, civil rights icon, yeah? And don't give me any shit, black guy uh loved it um john lewis introduced it i am sick of things being just taken down to a point where we end up at each other's throats it was a nice little movie that's all. Can we okay. not enjoy I that seen, I seen and start Spike looking Lee at either. skin color and who did what and who did this and and I I I just it was a, it was mostly white because it was based on the reminiscences of the white guy in the of the driver and it was his son who you know was one of the producers. Yeah. It was a friendship that developed between a white guy and a black guy. It was the white guy's uh, family that sort of pushed the story. Um, And it doesn't make the story wrong. It doesn't make it right. It is just a. I just, you know, I'm getting fucking sick. And you know what they say in the New York Times? Here's what they say in the New York Times today. I just want to. what you're saying. It is a nice story. Here's what I want to say. The New York Times is saying, despite all the pre-Oscars backing for Green Book, after it won Sunday night, it says vocal supporters were hard to find. A half dozen Academy members, members declined to be interviewed about the victory, including several who had supported it. One, clearly anonymously, explained that he did not want to attract, quote, the Twitter mob, and i This is what we've come to. People, white people, are fearful of saying they like that movie because then you're somehow what? A, you're a racist? Jesus, fuck. I, I, I just can't take it much more. And here's, here's a film critic for the Los Angeles Times. He says, Green Book is an embarrassment. The film industry's unquestioning embrace of it is another embarrassment. It reduces the long, barbaric, and ongoing history of American racism to a problem, a formula, a dramatic equation that can be balanced and solved and it does not it's a story about two individuals it why does everyone have to take something that is a micro and immediately conflate it into some huge thing that is a, that is like a polemic that movie is not about the history of of uh of black suffering and the barbarism that black america it is not that that was not the essence of the movie it occurred within that environment i i i just i don't know susan i'm getting to the point where i'm starting to lose my mind i can't i can't take the twitter mob anymore i can't take the outrage machine anymore I
0: can't take stop the reading it uh, I'm not on Twitter
2: well i'm not
0: read i read well, re- so reports about it
2: okay no i'm I am and and you'd be hard pressed to find anyone in the news business and I still am who's not watching Twitter because that's all I follow on it. I follow news, but
1: then, or the mob.
2: Well, listen. You know the mob. You love going back and forth with people on on Facebook and stuff, and 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 that's that's part of the social media mob scene. But it, it, well, it's, it is. And you know but that. I'm
0: on such nice little sites. Oh,
2: nice little sites. But you know that every everything now is nothing more than fodder for another mash-up. I'm so sick of it.
0: I really am. Well, that's true. That's true. I mean, even on this little stupid social cues thing that I that I, um, sometimes comment on, you know, people get nasty, and and other people come on and say, hey, you know, can you, can you not try and be a troll on an etiquette line?
2: No, but <laughs> you know? it's too late. I mean, this is what yeah. we're now uh, doing. We're just. Uh, I guess it's our form of entertainment. We're at each other's throats about anything and everything. Um,
0: I think everybody should take up boxing. Really.
2: Just take up
0: boxing and just punch things and then get it out of your system and be nice.
2: All right. Well, just because it works for you, it would not work for me. Um, Listen to this email I got from Linda. First she welcomes me back from California, and then she says this. I'm listening to your Monday show, yesterday's show, but it's Tuesday. She's listening to. She's listening to. It's because she's in Hanoi. She was listening to Monday's show, and it was Tuesday where she was, but it it was. And I'm thinking, what a time to be in Hanoi with the you know who there. And she yeah, this, I "This, my husband and I." are celebrating our 50th wedding anniversary. And they decided to take a trip to Vietnam. Listen, they were married in 1969, and the Vietnam War was a-raging, and her husband's lousy draft number, she said, shaped our lives for years to come. So her husband's a Vietnam vet, who was there in the midst of the horror, and that 50 years later, he would want to go back. So it, she says, We found it, thought it only fitting to celebrate 50 years by a tour through Vietnam. We never imagined our days in Hanoi would be complicated by a visit from Trump and Kim Jong-un. <laughs> what? Yeah, right. What are the chances? Well... They wanted a quiet moment in Hanoi. And instead, They'd like to have up again in Vietnam. Yeah, there it goes, Donald Uh, And by the way, the only way Donald Trump in 1969 would have gotten anywhere near Vietnam, right? You know, like, 69, this guy's over there. Yeah, with his low draft number. And, of course, uh, the orange horror um, is having Daddy fix things for him. All right, we have a... We have a caller. Hello?
1: Hi, Lynn. Hey, Susan. It's Mike in D.C. Hi, Mike. Good morning. So here's what I think about the whole Green Book movie, is that the macro, the really big stuff that's going on, is so overwhelming and so scary that human beings focus on the little things because they can't control the big things at all.
0: I think that's very wise.
1: Okay. Yeah. And it is scary. Yeah, it's totally scary.
2: And so you have to fight. Yeah. But that's not smart. So you have to, you're, our fight and flight, uh, you know, uh, we're, we're on the edge so much that all we want to do is fight about the littlest, tiniest thing.
1: Because we want a victory. We want to say, right. see, we brought yeah. down the governor of Virginia. We can't. Get health care for all, but we told that racist what's what.
2: Ultimately, yeah. it doesn't help, I don't think.
1: Do you? No, but it makes people feel like they're doing something, and that's okay. all yeah, but people he, of today want is to feel To feel things.
2: like I'm doing
1: something. Right. It when, does, it, they just want to feel righteous or feel like they're doing the well, right thing. Well, that's
2: the thing. It doesn't it's, matter
1: that they actually are.
2: No, and it's all that, you know, I'm a better person than you because I responded to this in this way. And our side <laughs> right. is the ones that do that the most. And it's obnoxious. And I'm a... Yeah, and you... I do it. I do it, too. That's what our side is. It's why so many people hate liberals and hate Democrats. We're always out righteousing. We are, don't you think?
1: Yes, you called it on the Jesse Smollett thing, Ugh. and I pause. My, my my new rule is now: before you make some righteous and indignatious comments to anybody, pause. Yeah, wait, wait, a, wait day a while and right. see how it shakes out. Right. Yeah. Like,
2: but, th- but that's not the time. I guess you-
1: it feels good. to it feels good to have that righteous indignation. Yes, it does. Oh, yes, it does.
0: Well, because you're feeling better than the other fellow. I mean that's of course that's something that we like to do.
2: And I want to say that I know that because I mean, going back to the Vietnam War, I remember marching, you know, in washington d c for the mobilization to end the war amidst all those. Young people, mostly young, and feeling that, feeling that sense of I'm righteous, I'm with a good. So, I mean, there is, I remember feeling that way and then feeling, am I supposed to be feeling this way? It didn't seem like I should be, that I was supposed to instead be sort of stern and resolved. And instead, it was all about me feeling like I was a good person and I was. It, I don't know. I'm having trouble with the with just human beings in general. I'm really struggling with humanity right now. I'm, I'm not sure I like us and much.
1: See, I see marching as an action. I got up off my fat ass. I got on a bus with a bunch of people I didn't know, and I made my presence known. I see tweeting or even writing a news article about a movie I didn't like not the same thing at all. Yeah. And I think if the director was the director, no, the the screenwriter was white, right? I think if, if he were a black guy, they yeah. might Yeah, I think they might have felt differently about it. And people want to feel like they have a voice and stuff and but I'm with you. It's a story. And um if you don't like the story, okay, make your own story.
2: Okay, let, 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 let me throw Milton in here. He says, imagine if the movie The Killing Fields had been reduced to a nice, feel-good buddy movie about a New York Times writer and his crazy, witty sidekick, Lon Knoll, and their crazy adventures before the fall <laughs> of Vietnam. And then Milton says I'm not saying that's how I feel I just understand that others feel that way about Green Book so in other words what you're saying is we could never have had a feel-good movie set in Vietnam or Cambodia during that horror you can never take a little extract of human life because even In the horror of things, humans are interacting one-on-one, and things happen in in that small way that are real. They they are not necessarily representative of what is happening.
1: I don't know. I think people misunderstand what a movie is. (laughs) A movie is not a documentary or historical fact. A movie is one thing and one thing only. It's to yeah. get people to buy it. Well, that's well to get to into the Donald seat. Trump. To get into that seat or to buy that movie. Remember that movie with Margaret Margaret Thatcher, the Meryl Streep one. A friend of mine was mad that they made Margaret Thatcher old in the beginning and feeble, and I was like, yeah, because they're trying to get some people to have sympathy for her. So white people are just trying to wrap their brains around this and have sympathy for themselves and. It, it's a movie. I'm sorry that it doesn't depict reality, but that's how they, they, they're, paying, they're trying to get people into those seats.
2: It portrayed a certain
1: reality
2: that was going on between those two human beings.
1: <laughs> what? I... And I get back to the whole March thing. Instead of writing a letter, fund a movie that tells the story you want to tell. Take some kind of action other than be a crybaby. Take an action. Yeah. Hollywood might buy it. <laughs>
2: okay. Hey, thank you. Appreciate the call. Sure. Bye. Thank you. Okay. Um, all right. Let's did get you, uh, happen
0: to Did you happen to read what uh, Trevor Noah said about Jussie, Sm- Jussie Smollett?
2: I saw a few things that Trevor Noah had had done. I saw a little uh, video he made, which was just. I'm having real trouble about, even wanting to talk about this, Jesse Smollett. No, it's so it's awful. It's so upsetting. It's just Jesse awful, Smollett. It's, and I even for him that he w- This is a guy. That he blew up his life this he, way. He's young, yeah. and he blew up his life. To get. And the, what was he doing? He was seeking attention. This guy who had more attention than ninety-nine percent. This
0: guy who was worried that he was going to lose attention was seeking attention.
2: Uh, and he did a. He did a. But
0: what I. But what I found. What I found about uh, what the the, the the thing that I'm talking about with Trevor Noah was his trying to put. A, a, a positive spin on the Jussie Smollett story, and, and he ended his his uh, his his uh, comments by saying that there was a silver lining that it started out as a story about a black man being attacked for his col- for the color of his skin, and not because of the content of his character, and it ended up with a black man being attacked for the context of his character and not the color of his skin, and he saw that as a huge improvement.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Jesus, God. (laughs) And it's sad, but it's true. Yeah. I mean, you know. I, I, okay, I want to change subjects, something I haven't talked about yet. When I was, after I left you, Susan, um, this weekend, I I, um, ended up, uh in the denver airport for a while and while i was uh standing there at a gate i overheard a guy say to another guy um did you hear what happened do you know the term schadenfreude you know when you take delight in someone else's uh bad fortune and uh the guy says yeah And he said, "Did you hear that Robert Kraft, you know, the owner of the Patriots, got caught in a prostitution sting?" And (laughs) and then they started talking uh, 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 about this thing, and the one guy couldn't believe that a man who's worth billions and billions of dollars. Would go to a strip mall massage parlor to get serviced. He couldn't have somebody brought up to his palatial estate. He couldn't, <laughs> I mean, I, I mean, seriously. And the more, well, maybe then, his wife was at home. No, his wife know? is dead. Okay, his wife is dead. He has a maybe a girlfriend. Anyway, it says he went two days in a row um, on January 19th this is the New York Times today he arrived at the Orchids of Asia strip mall thing, and uh, in a 2000, 2014 white chauffeur-driven Bentley. He spent about 40 minutes inside, during which time he undressed, laid on his back on a massage table as a woman massaged his genitals. Now, they obviously put cameras up to get every. I mean, he can plead not guilty to his, you know, I, they have what happened. Then, here's the part that just blew me away. The next day, the very next day, hours before the start of the AFC championship game in which his team was playing. And it wasn't being held in Florida, was it? No. He goes back in his Bentley and is seen entering the room, hugging a masseuse, Once again, the woman is observed with her hands on his genitals. Then she is seen placing her head close to his pelvic area. The woman helps him get dressed. Kraft hugs her and gives her a $100 bill and some other unidentifiable form of currency. He was only in the spa for 14 minutes. And then he gets back in his Bentley and goes, I guess, and gets on his private jet, and he's in Ca- goes to Kansas City uh, where he watches the Patriots, of course, uh, win their uh, the AFC championship. so one of his servicings was literally hours before he went off to Kansas City for the game and and you know and then he <laughs> what is with? What is with a man of his, here's what I don't get, in this day and age where no privacy can be expected of, for anybody, if you are a celebrity, which he is, and you are watched and you are known, especially on that weekend that he so blatantly does that when he needn't. What is with people that they don't understand? Well, wait a minute.
0: <clears throat> wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. He wasn't caught because someone was following a famous person. He was caught because they were after this Doing particular massage pilot for, for, for sex trafficking. I know. So his, he was just, uh, you know, excuse the expression, this poor schmo in the wrong place at the wrong time. And I don't see why the fact that he was going to a football game later in the day had anything to do with the fact that he had an itch in the morning. I mean, you know, this
2: is... If uh, you're Robert just... Kraft and you have an itch in the morning, <laughs> you do not have to be chauffeur-driven you think you could have to get gotten gotten some poor sex slave to, to, to give you, you know, a measure of re- release. I, that's what's insane. If you're that rich, you can... Privately take care of these. I don't even, I can't even comprehend it.
1: Ugh.
0: Well, desire is a strange thing. And perhaps the seediness of that was exciting to him. You don't know. You don't know. I just, you know, I'm just constantly amazed at the fact. you, You know, I had a totally different thought. Most guys his age are not um, constantly in a state of arousal. No, but
2: they all have Viagra. As a matter of fact, most
0: of them. But do you think he's popping Viagra to go in and get it? That doesn't even make sense to me. That's what doesn't make sense to me.
2: Well, Susan, Viagra, I mean, just, God. It used to be guys after a (laughs) while, you know, weren't so needy. And now with Viagra, Viagra has to be the worst plague ever. I, I to me, unbelievable. Jeez.
0: <laughs> okay, I'm going to ask you a question. What? Are you a little aggravated at this woman? Who's actually yes.
2: suing Trump because yes. he tried to kiss her? Yes, that's the one thing. That's okay. the other. That's the other politically incorrect thing I want to talk about today. Um, former staffer claims Trump forced a kiss on her. I want to say this: the scenario that she. If I
0: sued everybody that planned to kiss on me, I didn't want
2: it. Jesus Christ, For
0: heaven, Susan!
2: And I they, would and have let me say and there are there are an equal number
0: of men that can that feel exactly the same way. They what get the, pawed and F- kissed, you know, by so I, by women that they don't want to be pawed and kissed by all the time, too.
2: I cannot tell you how there's a certain... What were her damages? She felt and who
0: was the lawyer that took this thing? She was you know, stressed. She know. was
2: almost in tears. She had been violated. You know what? I cannot... I mean, I go to a party or events and people I see people I haven't seen in a long time or or maybe I saw them last week but there are certain people who they hug you and they give you a kiss sometimes I don't like on the lips to people I don't have a intimate relationship but it happens and if I turn my head and they get me on the side of my uh, you know cheek or the half of my lip I I don't I might be annoyed for a second, like, what the fuck? And, and I have actually said to people when I walk in and I see they're, they're the kissy type, I often just put up my hands and, and say, hey, hi, no reason to give me a kiss. Um, but it's not an assault. If, that, if that's an assault, I mean, I totally agree with you. This is bullshit
0: well i I don't understand the lawyer who takes the case because they because you have to you have to you know actually be able to show damages and and damages have to be caused by you know by a reasonable assault i mean something that would reasonably by the normal human being be considered an assault and I'm sorry, I don't think anybody considers that assault we have all been the subjects of unwanted buses. Big deal. Big deal. And then, and then... And this she is did more of that mountains into a from him. That she went. No, she tried to... She didn't leave him. She kept trying to no. get jobs in his administration. She made a radio commercial about what a nice guy he was. This all occurs after. So, I mean, just in terms of evidentiary, you know, basis, she's got... Not only did she not have a case to begin with, she doesn't have a case to end with.
2: No, but she's got her fame and got her, I, I you know, I'm yeah, sorry. Yeah, but it's, it's If it's, that's an it's assault, terrible. any woman who's really been assaulted. Anybody's been assaulted. It has nothing
0: to do with the woman. Any man has suffered the same indignity.
2: But I'm saying, if this, if, I'm just so sick of everybody taking a minor annoyance or infraction or something and making it into a mountain of, I was abused. Now maybe, Susan, we're just two older women and these younger women are creating a reality in which nobody is going to ever touch another person again. I mean, excuse me. i were going to walk around like this, terrified. No,
0: I don't think that's, yeah, well, sorry. No, we're human. That's not going to happen. We just shouldn't want it to happen. I mean, we, you know, and this is the conversation that irritates me. We should all be able to decide what a proper way of behaving is. Men shouldn't be concerned that we shouldn't have whole magazine articles about how I I know what I'm not supposed to do. I don't know what I'm supposed to do. Well, let me tell you, we all know what we're not supposed to do and figuring out what we're supposed to do is what they call life. So, sorry, it has nothing to do with sex or touching women or not touching women. And the whole thing is just stupid boys know how to keep their hands to themselves what an inappropriate touch is and if they don't somebody has failed to parent them or to give them a sense of empathy I uh, you know th- the whole thing is ridiculous this doesn't need to be taught you you know it, it's well stupid. apparently
2: it does susan
0: well, I'm sorry i that's I'm taking that away from men in general. You shouldn't have to have a problem figuring this out, and if you do, you're defective. There's something wrong with you. Go to a doctor.
2: All right, I have nothing to add to that. That is correct um.
0: Okay, I'm awake now. What time is it? Are we done? Almost. <laughs> We're three quarters
2: of the way there, so it's a little over. And let me take this. Ah. Let me take this moment to again remind people of all the extraordinary stuff going on around the corner at the August Wilson Cultural Center. I got their booklet here, the 2018-2019 season, and. Um, they got theater, they got lectures, they got bands, they got jazz, they got unbelievable stuff going on, and they bring in such amazing people that don't otherwise get seen. Like I'm looking right here, excuse me, and yet you miss this one. <laughs> there is a, a Haitian-born choreographer um I am looking at some pictures of him, unbelievable, but he has um you're not gonna see the kind of creativity uh coming out of places like this, like like a Haitian choreographer. You're not gonna see that at the Benedim. you're gonna see it at the August Wilson Cultural Center and you are going to be blown away by the talent they bring in just blown away you might not have heard of some of them that usually those things are often the best (laughs) the best moments of all the discovery uh uh, that awaits you whenever you walk through those doors I I have never had a, a bad moment there whether I went to a an art show there, whether I went to a jazz uh, concert there, an intimate one, whether I went to a larger stage performance with the likes of Anna DeVere Smith, it doesn't matter. You're going to be wowed. Put it in your head, August Wilson Cultural Center, and use it. That's all I'm saying. Use it. Oh man. Susan, I went to a uh a all-woman um version of uh Shakespeare's The Tempest, which was at uh, another mm-hmm. theater in town uh over the weekend. Um yeah. And uh <laughs> it's you know, a stage that's like, you know, it's a, a three-sided stage, so it, you know, you're 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 seeing audience members on the on the edges, there was a woman, and of course she had to be wearing a bright colored jacket, so she was standing out who almost from the beginning of the play and a lot of action was happening right literally a foot from her foot was out cold Don't know. <laughs> head down out cold and i i i she she distracted me and she distracted me not only because she was so visible but also i couldn't believe the actors having it's not like you know they don't see that there's somebody a foot away from them why do people i don't even understand and then there was a woman behind us who maybe in the middle, said rather loudly, God, when is this going to be over? I'm thinking, why are oh, you no. people here? It was wonderful. It was a wonderful interpretation. And why, why do people who... I, I'm, I just I don't understand. If you're sitting in that first row and you know that... Everybody else in the audience, because they're looking at the action in front of you, is, wa- is going to see you. You have the gall to fall asleep for the whole. Well, now
0: wait a minute. She could have. She could have had a disorder that makes her sleep. Somebody might have slipped her a Mickey, and she fell asleep. Now I know. That I saw her afterwards. She
2: was w- up and walking, and like right, no. Bullshit! What the hell? Roger says yours and Susan's crabbiness is distracting me. <laughs> is distracting me from my stomach problems. Wow! And thanks. <laughs> uh, anytime. I'm sorry
0: you're having stomach problems. I had them the other day. They're the worst.
2: <laughs> are we being that crabby? I don't know we were being that crabby.
0: I think we were being crabby, Yes, I think you were being crabbier than me, but then you got me crabby, and I yelled at men. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I would like to make it clear, I really like nice men. it's just the defective ones I don't like,
2: but my God, <laughs> it's all you read about I mean I. Men behaving badly. It's just, I can't take men it Men behaving
0: anymore. badly, and then men pretending, and then Hulk, and then th- the writing about men not knowing how to figure it out is the part that makes I know,
2: sense that's right. the part
0: that I, makes because I Because I really think that, that, you know, the vast majority of men have it figured out pretty well, for heaven's sake, yeah. and are being totally made to look like, you know, excuse the expression, total dick.
2: Well, by, you why know, about
0: a third of their population.
2: Okay, well, I think men need to do what it... They need to have the courage to monitor, speak up then, the good guys. They need to shut the bad guys down. They need to have the courage so. to do it, and they don't. Mostly, they don't do it. Um, that would be a start. For all the people who say, "Well, you know, black people got to clean up the crime in their own community," and this person have to do the, blah, blah, blah. I got news for you guys, you, I, you have got to, when with other men who say the wrong things, who when you see them do the wrong, I remember Susan when I'm you're sorry. engaging
0: in locker room talk, which is what you use as your. Use when you're saying disgusting things about people, you know, and it makes you uncomfortable.
2: Tell them to cut it out. Okay, so Go here, to a different lacquer room. I'm just remembering <laughs> early on it, when I was in Pittsburgh, and this would be in the 80s. I lived next door to this wonderful. He was a contractor. He was this huge, big guy with a voice like this. He was huge and just sort of like a, you know, uh, you know. Rode a motorcycle, big tough guy, and he was a wonderful person. I mean, I would he would wake me up in the morning, actually, you know, like uh, cuddling with a cat that he had in the backyard and saying, oh. and if my you know window was <laughs> up, I, he would wake me up and I shut up. And we had a you know, a nice kind of relationship. And then his uh, common law wife, I think, essentially uh, left him. I had since moved. i I had moved away, and he actually called me one day and asked if he could come over. He was so he'd been single now for about five, six months. He shows up in my living room. He is like, so unhappy and so depressed and distraught and he said to me he said how do you women not hate us men I said what are you you talking about and he said I'm now you know I'm hanging out I go out for drinks with guys I'm out there I see the way guys and this was in the eighties this and and he saw men behaving as men behave and was so upset about it and it's the first time any man ever said that to me. I remember thinking that it was so adorable that this big hulking guy who you would you know who you'd expect that kind of behavior from actually. Um, was taken aback by what he saw out on the scene that he had been away from for so long. Yeah. You got to speak up. Anyway, let's get back to something that I I saw in... Um, also, a long time ago, I did a, a piece for WTAE television. This would be in the 80s, too, about yawning because <laughs> I'd always wondered about it. And so I, you know, gathered as much information as I could. I found pictures of animals yawning, of people yawning. I I had an interview with a psychologist. Some researcher at Western Psychiatric Institute about a sleep expert uh, about yawning and I, I came away from that so disappointed because he I mean the question the, answer, the question you want to ask is why do we yawn? It's an involuntary response. And why, as I'm talking about it now, do a lot of you feel like yawning? And the more I talk about it, the odds are the more of you are going to yawn. I'm even starting to feel like yawning. And not me. Give it time. <laughs> and what I learned was that, you know, if you yawn, the contagion of yawning is a is a fascinating thing that. Still, and I did that interview in the 80s, and in the New York Times Day, there's an article on it. Still, they have not a clue. They have figured out that obviously people tend to yawn when they're tired. But we also yawn when we wake up from a long sleep. So we're not tired anymore. We yawn when we're bored. A lot of people yawn when they're anxious. A lot of people yawn when they're hungry. It has been noted that people who jump out of airplanes, skydivers, often yawn before jumping. These are not things you say, oh, now I'm supposed to yawn. No, they just yawn. Police officers heading into a uh, a, a maybe scary or difficult situation often yawn. And so here again is some other expert saying the answer so far is we don't know why we yawn. No physiological effect has really been observed. There's all kinds of ideas. and it's It t- must be a psychological, but doesn't it sound no. like it's
0: a psychological thing? Well, look, whether we know it or not, I mean, it's a tick that the body has... Developed that it thinks helps to calm, to send a You know when you're anxious or when you're about to do something scary, it, and it, it sends it sends that you're going to be fine. You're going to be. It's also fine. Well, that's the current
2: theory. Um, that but it's totally unproven. Is that yawning is a brain cooling mexic uh, mechanism that promotes actually arousal and alertness. Um, ah. so but they don't they cannot prove it. They can't prove anything. Also people who are more empathic are believed to be <laughs> more easily influenced to yawn by others' yawns. So, I have to tell you, I am really struggling now not to yawn talking about this. Um, dogs yawn in response to your yawn. Have you ever noticed that? If you
0: Right, ever- well, and dogs dogs also use it as displacement behavior. So, if you're talking to a dog and you're confusing them and he doesn't know what's expected of him. They
2: yawn when they're anxious. You very
0: well yawn. Yeah, right. yeah, they that I mean, that's
2: clearly observable. All right. But I'm just saying
0: Plus, I remember taking an animal behavior course from Michael Fox in uh, the yeah. uh, early 70s, and we discussed yawning in animals as a displacement behavior.
2: Okay. Well, just saying. We haven't can put a man on the moon. But we don't know why when you yawn, I yawn, and we don't know why. <sighs> I don't know. We don't know. Well, you mean. know, and we don't even know
0: why. Here's what else we don't know. We don't know whether all the physics that we're teaching is actually the correct physics. Well, Did you t- see t- that one? Yeah. Well, that's but t- t- that I mean that we might – that, that things are expanding faster right. than the current physics suggests they should. So, right. you know, one of the theories is, is we're all going to just sort of um, – uh spontaneously combust in the next twenty minutes. So just in case you're <laughs> not in the next twenty <laughs> okay, minutes. You don't have enough to worry about.
2: <laughs> okay. I just want to know how many people did we make yawn in the last five minutes? And that sort of does it for us, Suze. We're we're out of time. And uh Okay. Bye. <laughs> bye. Thank you. Bye. Okay, bye. Bye.